Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. As our cities depopulate, and I told you they would, as they depopulate as a result of the China virus and even more of the riots, you'll have more and more liberals moving to the suburbs and other parts of states. How will they vote? Isn't it amazing? Where are they escaping to, Mr. Producer? Where are they escaping to, America? To red areas. To suburbs. To red states. There needs to be a fine point put on this. Liberals, if they can afford, are leaving blue Democrat enclaves for Republican enclaves, mostly, and often Republican states. Why are they doing that? Because the quality of life is much better. Why is that? Because even a bad Republican or a poorly run Republican town or state is better than a Democrat-controlled city or state. That's why. Look all over the country. The depopulation of California of citizens and the increased population of illegal aliens. Look at New York's population. It's been going down for decades. Now it's going to go down big time. New Jersey, same thing. Illinois, same thing. Parts of Pennsylvania, same thing. And then these people move to places like Virginia and they vote Democrat. And they turn a red state into a blue state. Or they move to places like Georgia. They take a red state and make it a purple state. Or they go to places like Colorado from California. They turn a red state into a blue state. 
and on down the list. But they're not running to other cities because no Democrat-run city is a well-run city. No one-party blue city is a well-run city. Today, every single one of them is dangerous. Every single one of them is broke. Every single one of them is undermining police. Every single one of them is run by some left-wing kook. Some white, some black. And yet, we're told this is a close election. Shocking. And so the next, the next issue is mail-in voting. It's like, follow the bouncing ball. Whatever the Democrats say is what the news cycle regurgitates. Now we're told Donald Trump doesn't want to leave office under any circumstances. Donald Trump is undermining mail-in voting. Donald Trump is undermining the post office. You know who we get this from, Mr. Producer? Mitt Romney, among others. But the Democrat Party and the media. Now, common sense tells us, why in the hell would you rely on the post office for the outcome of any election? Is that wise? You know, today, and I tell you the truth about this, it happens about once a week. And I love my delivery guy. Boy, is he fast, by the way. He rings the bell, drops on, he takes off. Because of COVID, I guess he's afraid to answer a door. So I always get these stickers on the door that I have to go to the post office. Anyway, I got another letter, like I did last week, addressed to a neighbor five houses down. Now, if this happens to me, because he knows who I am, I can imagine this happens to all of you from time to time. Well, imagine all of a sudden they're mailing out 60 million ballots, and you're mailing back 60 million ballots. How's that going to work out? Plus, you have the state voter list, which are a disaster, particularly in the blue states, because that's the way they want it. Anytime an organization like Landmark Legal Foundation would go into these states to try and require voter ID or try and require them to clean up their voting list, and so they fought it. And in some cases, they won. So you literally have voter. Let me ask you this. I'll prove this to you. When you moved, some of you have moved in the last five years. Let's put it that way. When you have moved from county to county or state to state, did you call your election office and tell them to remove you from the voting rolls? Of course you didn't. Well, guess what? Many of you are still on the voting rolls, two voting rolls. Mr. Producer, I told you, he got a mail-in ballot in his old home in the Bronx, and he got one in his new home in Westchester, New York. That's two ballots. How about people in California? Can they keep track of this? No state keeps track of it. Most of them don't want to. And so you have the post office, which is a great institution, quite frankly, but still, it's so much mail, I can't get it right. Not all the time. And you have the states, and we have ourselves when we move and so forth. These are built-in problems, and no amount of money can fix it. No amount of money can fix it. And so now the Democrats, they want to have a hearing in the middle of the Republican convention. Nobody talks about that. It's purely another Pelosi show trial. 
I have an article here today, by the way, it's a side point. The headline from SanFranciscoGate.com, the Chronicle. The 2020 San Francisco exodus is real and historic. A massive exodus from San Francisco. These are the people who run the Democrat Party at the highest levels and want to run the country. They've destroyed their own cities. They've destroyed New York. Schumer, Gillibrand, they've destroyed San Francisco. They've destroyed Minneapolis. I've never seen so many cities go out. You know, even during the Civil War, we didn't see so many cities burning. And they're burning all the west, south, east, all over the country. The Democrat Party, once again, may I say. There is an exodus out of San Francisco, and the numbers are staggering. That's a quote. If we have time, we'll get back to that. San Francisco used to be a fabulous place. Fabulous. New York. Everybody loved New York. Everybody spoke so highly of the first responders. I wonder what they'll do on 9-11. Will they, will they talk so highly about the first responders? But there was a great piece at the Blaze over the weekend, and so I circulated it to all my talk show buddies, some of my TV buddies, put it up on my site, pushed it out as fast and as hard as I could because it's important. By Paul Saka at the, at the Blaze. Just to show you how the media are corrupt all day on the Sunday shows. I pulled this up to the Sunday shows. Here we have Trump advisor Knox Universal Mail-in Voting says U.S. Postal Service won't be ready. ABC Stephanopoulos spars with Trump advisor Mail-in Voting. When the votes are thrown out, that shows the system's working, says Stephanopoulos. He's always been an idiot. Sanders labels... Postal Service funding dispute, a crisis for American democracy. Goes on. Poll. Well, that goes on and on. So one Sunday show after another. All of them. Uh, Mark, do you have any evidence? We have tons of evidence. And we have tons of evidence how this is structurally impossible. And I posted some of it over the weekend on my Facebook and Twitter Sites. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. It's all up there. Then this guy, Jake Sherman at Politico, said, That wasn't us. That was some expert, Professor Gumbatsa over there. He, he's the. And yet they ran the story with Professor Gumbatsa, fake name. I can't remember the guy's name. And they never challenged it. So they took no responsibility for it. Pathetic. There are so many examples. Of not just one or two, but hundreds of thousands of ballots being mishandled. In one state after another. Tens of thousands in other states. And from west to east, and everything in between. The issue is, where hasn't there been a screw-up? Not, where are the examples of screw-ups? So I want to get into this. I'm not doing hit and run. I've got so much to get to, but I've got to do each one properly. Okay? That's what I do. When we come back, flashback. Thousands of United States Postal Service mailboxes were removed during the Obama-Biden administration. What? 
And the chief of staff to the president of the United States, Mark Meadows, was on TV and he said, you know all these mailboxes and everything else that are being addressed to move? Yes. That was the original plan under Obama and Biden. Oh! Wow. Maybe they'll conduct another hearing like they did with Bill Barr. They'll have a hearing. I reclaim my time. I reclaim my time. I reclaim my time. Where they just beat their chests. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Former President Barack Milhouse Benito Obama accused Donald Trump of purposely attempting to sabotage the U.S. Postal Service in an effort to alter the results of the 2020 presidential election. I've told you from day one, they feel they'll win either way. If they're losing, uh, they'll demand recounts and so forth, and they'll claim that the president sabotaged them with the post office. If they're winning and the president takes them to court, they'll claim the president refuses to leave office. Um, and uh, he's a dictator. So that's the foundation. I've been telling you this for weeks. That's, that's where they are. And then they want to overwhelm the system that's cloured and piven, uh, knowing full well the states aren't prepared, the post office isn't prepared, the rolls are a mess, overwhelm the system and claim victory either way, win or lose. Obama. What we've seen in a way that is unique to modern political history is a president who is explicit and trying to discourage people from voting. That's sort of unheard of. Now, the unfounded accusation was immediately amplified by the media, and the conspiracy theory took hold on social media, even dimwits like Taylor Swift. A photo, uh, uh, let's see, presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, Joe Biden embraced the conspiracy theory that mailboxes, mailboxes were being collected in Portland as a form of voter suppression for the election in November. There's a photo from Portland of a truck with several USPS, United States Post Office, mailboxes in the bed, went viral last week. They're going around literally with tractor trailers picking up mailboxes, Biden said at a viral fundraiser. You ought to go online and check out what, what they're doing in Oregon. I mean, it's bizarre. Now, the post office spokeswoman, Kimberly Frum, told The Hill that the removal of mailboxes is common. Historically, mailboxes have been removed for lack of use and installed in growth areas, she said. 
relocating low-use boxes to high-traffic areas such as shopping centers, business parks, grocery stores for increased customer convenience. What a collection box consistently receives very small amounts of mail, <coughs> excuse me, for months on end, it costs the post office money and fuel and work hours for letter carriers to drive to the mailbox and collect the mail. Removing the box is simply good business sense in that respect. It's important to note that anyone with a residential or business mailbox can use it as a vehicle to send outgoing mail. So in other words, stick it in your own mailbox. USPS spokesman Steve Dougherty told Boston.com that many mailboxes are being repaired or replaced with newer ones. These trucks are on the street daily, he said. They're part of our field maintenance fleet. So for, for uh, Biden, it's like a UFO. My God, they're moving the mailbox. My God, look at this, everybody. Because he's sitting home watching porno on his computer, and there it is. It flashes across the screen. Post office. This is why you may see one box on a corner that previously may have had two or three side by side. With declining letter volumes, we try to keep the system efficient. In short, this is all routine maintenance, he said. There's no effort underway to reduce collection boxes. I wonder what LeBron James thinks. In fact, ready? Hello. In fact, between 2011 and 2016, there were roughly 14,000 United States Postal Service mailboxes removed which was during the Obama-Biden administration. Anyone remember Biden complaining about that? A 2009 Washington Post article stated, quote, in the past 20 years, 200,000 mailboxes have vanished from city streets, rural routes, and suburban neighborhoods. More than 175,000, more than that, remain. The U.S. Postal Service says it removes underperforming mailboxes, those that collect fewer than 25 pieces of mail a day after a week-long density test, the report read, echoing what the spokesman for the uh, post office said last week. Because of the hysteria over the relocated mailboxes, the United States Postal Service said they would not remove any boxes until after the election. We're not going to be removing any boxes, said spokesman Rod Spurgeon, to NBC News. After the election, we're going to take a look at operations and see what we need and don't. They're bleeding debt. They're bleeding money. And this is one small way they have to try and control their spending. And they do it every year. But now it's Trump. And it's the Trump Postmaster General. And they're removing mailboxes, no doubt, from uh, minority communities to prevent people from voting by mail. No, they're not. It wasn't only mailboxes that were on the chopping block during the Obama-Biden administration. Almost 3,700 post offices were targeted to be shut down. According to a 2011 Washington Post article, the U.S. Postal Service ultimately decided against closing the nearly 3,700 post offices and cut costs by reducing operating hours. Now I'm going to continue. I'm going to finish with this so you know what a bunch of jackasses and frauds these Sunday show hosts are regurgitating Nancy Pelosi's conspiracy theories and collusion theories when absolutely nothing differently is being done at the United States Post Office to stop anyone from voting by mail. Nothing. I'll be right back. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Primus. 5.4 million Americans receive Primus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. This is where Hollywood liberals come for rehab. The Mark Levin Show is back at 877-381-3811. You know, folks, I try to use this show as a sort of a modern Thomas Paine. I'm not saying I'm of the, of the level of a Thomas Paine. I'm saying I'm trying to use this show as a modern Thomas Paine. And by that, let's reimagine, reimagine shall we? That's a word that the left loves. Let's reimagine. In other words, I think I'm a broadcasting pamphleteer. That's what I try to be. So I go deep into these subjects. So if you take notes, or you don't have to take notes, you just think about what I'm saying, you can then go forward at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, with your friends, with your colleagues online, and make the points. And I'm providing you with the substance behind the points. And you can always go to MarkLevinShow.com, the Mothership website, MarkLevinShow.com. And we have a recap of the program that's up there about an hour after the end of the program. You can always go to Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, where I put tons of information out for you. Again, I'm using every platform I have. Radio, my Fox show, Levin TV, my social sites, every platform I have. My podcast to push the information out. Because my theory is, as was Thomas Paine's way back then, it's like, whisper down the lane, except you don't have to whisper. Shout. Get the message across. The attacks on the president and the postmaster general by the Democrats and the media is a coordinated scam on the American people. Because they know they're going to overwhelm the Postal Service. They know there's going to be an enormous number of errors because of the states and their voting systems. And one of the things that was never said on a single one of these Sunday shows is that the states, under our constitutional system, are in charge of the voting processes, not the federal government, not the president. States are making decisions about how they will allow people to vote, when they will allow people to vote, how they will count the vote, when they will count the vote. These are decisions states are all making, not the president. So the same incompetent buffoons 
who mismanaged so many of these states during the China virus, the same incompetent buffoons that have run up enormous, unspeakable, really, debt, whether it's pensions or other things, and now need a bailout from you and me, these are the same people who are in charge of the voting rolls. And as I said, as citizens who move from county to county or state to state, if a state is not going to check its voting rolls, if you don't contact them and take your name off the voting roll, in many cases, it's still there. And the Democrat Party knows it. And the media know it. So, of course, this would be a disaster. They say they want examples. I always hear this. We give them examples. So they ignore the examples. But the kind of massive mail-in voting we're talking about now has never been done in this country. And so we can't give them examples to the extent to which it's going to be done. But there have been warning after warning after warning by experts, by the Postal Service, by some states. We can't meet the deadlines. What do they think is going to happen on election night? And then again, I want to underscore the point so the backbenchers can regurgitate it too. It's very important. The Democrats, their narrative, their plan is win or lose, they're going to say they won. And if they lose, they're going to say they won. They've got 600 litigators lined up to sue in these little county courts. I hope the Trump administration does, or the Trump campaign. And on top of that, they have their argument. They laid the foundation that Trump said he will not leave office. When, of course, that's not what Trump said. They said, will he accept the outcome? Well, he wants to look at what took place. And he's warning them over and over again that the post office can't handle this. And by the way, have any of you asked $25 billion for the post office, an additional $3.5 billion for the election? What exactly is that $25 billion for? Do you know I haven't heard a single news report on what that $25 billion is for? I don't care if it's our Fable Cable Network or any other. I haven't heard a single explanation for about $25 billion. And what's the $3.5 billion going to do in two and a half months? What are they going to do? If you can fix the Postal Service, quote unquote, in two and a half months, why haven't you fixed it in 25 years? Because it's an impossibility. Honestly, the Postal Service has given an impossible job. But what about the states? What about their voter rolls? They resist cleaning them up. So even if the Postal Service sends every ballot exactly where it should go, it's a disaster. This is why you want, as much as possible, people to show up with identification and vote in person. Why? You have election judges... You have a s- sets of eyes on the individual. You know the individual's there. Questions can be asked and answered. It's not the same with mail-in voting. It's just not. Mail-in voting. Back to the excellent Blaze piece that I circulated quite extensively. The GAO, the General Accounting Office, a government agency that provides auditing and analysis for Congress, said... The United States Postal Service financial viability continues to be high risk because it cannot fund its current level of services and the financial obligations from its revenues. 
Between fiscal years 2007 and 2019, it netted losses of roughly $78 billion. Despite receiving approximately $18 billion each year from the American taxpayer. GAO said the United States... The United States Postal Service overall financial condition is deteriorating and unsustainable. USPS total unfunded liabilities and debt have grown to double its annual revenue, it says. Now, even Barack Melhouse Benito Obama knew that the U.S. Postal Service was a money pit, but he is a leftist demagogue. He'll burn the country down in order to rebuild it in his own Marxist belief system. You see it now. In 2016, by my calculation, that's only four years ago, then Barack Milhouse Benito Obama proposed the USPS slash 12,000 jobs. That was an election year. Nobody said a damn thing. In 2009, Obama compared the USPS with private mail carriers. He pointed out they were thriving while the USPS consistently struggled. Here's what he said, quote, I mean, if you think about it, UPS and FedEx are doing just fine, right? No, they are, Obama said at a town meeting in New Hampshire. It's the post office that's always having problems. The National Association of Postal Supervisors President Ted Keating was irked by Obama's insult and fired off a letter to the president. He reportedly said that there was, quote, collective disappointment that you chose the Postal Service as a scapegoat and an example of inefficiency. Your negative references to the Postal Service without knowledge of the facts was a disservice not only to the members of our organization, but to all postal employees, Keating wrote. So it appears that Obama also tried to kneecap the Postal Service in some ways in 2016. So there is no sabotage, there is no plot when it comes to the mailboxes themselves. And so the Postal Service and the Postmaster General under the President of the United States has announced that they will not move any postal boxes during the course of this election. By the way, the first in God knows how long. That's really quite incredible. Obama and Biden never did that. You know, it's like like the, uh, the swine flu. These guys screwed up the swine flu They screwed up the vaccine. They did nothing right, according to Ron Klain, who's, of course, reversed course because somebody slapped his knuckles. Nothing right, all luck. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden's going to fix it. How? He never tells us. I would have done this earlier. I would have done this. I would have. Didn't do anything. Didn't say anything relevant at the time. Nothing. Nothing. Now, when we return. What are they saying about Mellon? They're saying the president is trying to sabotage it. The president is beating the pots and pans, warning the American people that their states, particularly these Democrat states, are creating a, a chaos. They're going to create chaos on election night and thereafter. He's warning the American people. He's warning these people to cut it out. And so what do they do? They blame him. This is a plot. This is a plan. They accuse the president of trying to sabotage the Postal Service. Well, the truth is they're trying to sabotage the election. That's what the Democrats are doing. They figured, look, we thought we had it in a bag in 2016. Then we tried to spies. We tried a coup. We tried a criminal investigation. We tried impeachment. This guy gets elected again. We'll never get him the hell out. 
So let's beat them up front. If we lose, we win. If we win, we win. It's that simple. I'll be right back. Lovin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. So Obama says Trump is sabotaging the election. Gore says Trump is putting his knee on the neck of American democracy. Schumer says Trump is hurting the election by slowing down the mail. Romney says, I don't know of any evidence that voting by mail would increase voter fraud. I'm not going to play all the clips. It takes too much time. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So Nancy Pelosi is going to pull another political stunt with your tax dollars. Nobody has used the hallowed halls of the United States House of Representatives in a more abusive and political manner than Eva Pelosi. Nobody. And so she's going to hold hearings, I believe next Monday, when the Republican uh, convention is in full swing. She's going to hold hearings to distract attention and to continue to foment these lies about Trump sabotaging the mail-in voting. Now, I want you to go to Mark Levin Show Facebook or Mark Levin Show Twitter. I want you to befriend us there or follow us there. And then I want you to look at all the examples I posted. And I barely touched it of some of the media outlets that warned about it. CBS, we've played that for you. Uh, The Politico piece, admittedly not Politico itself because they're not smart enough or honest enough to do it. There's a piece by Fox News itself and others. Numerous pieces. There's also example after example of what's happened to ballots in state after state after state. And in the case of Pennsylvania, like other states, they're saying we can't get this done in time. Because the mailing time that that Pennsylvania set up as a matter of state statute, is too tight. They said, we need three extra days. Now, it's very interesting, because when Trump jokingly said, we may have to put off the election, ah, you can't put it, my God, what is he, a dictator? 
Pennsylvania just asked to put off the election effectively. It said we need three more days to get our votes counted. And the Democrats are effectively putting off the election. Listen to me. Because I say these things and then they get repeated. The Democrats are effectively pushing off the election by using this tactic. So when the president jokingly talks about putting off the election because of all the the, the chaos that's going to uh, take place, it's the chaos created by the Democrats. And just listen to all the lies. We've had mail-in voting before, not like this. Nevada, under cover of dark, I've told you about this, pushed through a a mail-in system. A system so big for the entire state, it has never, never done it before. The state of Washington has had a mail-in system for a long time. It said it took them 10 years to perfect it. The examples in Virginia, the examples in Nevada, the examples in California, the examples in New York, the examples in, uh, in New Jersey. I just told you about Pennsylvania. It goes on and on and on. They don't care about evidence. They care about power and winning. That's it. They're the saboteurs. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 You know, there's been a few articles out there over the course of the last week or so. One was in the New York Times. One was by this woman, Cynthia Tucker, who's a radical nut job. There have been others popping around out there because Media Matters puts information out, even though it is a left-wing hack operation. And these news sites or columnists, they're always watching Media Matters because they're left-wing kook operations too. And in one of my Levin TV episodes, they must subscribe over there at Media Matters, and we want to thank them. I talked about um, Kamala Harris's background, very innocently, that she's half Indian on her mother's side, and half Jamaican on her father's side. And I said, how does that make her African-American? You would have thought that I attacked her race, that I attacked her genitalia, that I attacked... I didn't attack anything. I didn't attack anything. You know, we have to listen to this race talk all the time. We're lectured about it. We have to listen about reparations all the time. And I'm thinking through what these folks are telling us on the left. Okay. I thought what we're talking about when it comes to an African-American, people who were brought into this country against their will and enslaved. Against their will. They were slaves. And therefore, African-Americans for purposes of our history. Now, there are people, obviously, who come here from the continent of Africa. And if they become citizens, they're African-Americans too. 
But nothing like that happened to Kamala Harris's ancestry. It's just not the case. So I get lectures, like I don't know that, uh, that there were slaves brought to Jamaica and other Caribbean islands and so forth. Of course there were. Yes, there were. So if you go back, 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 what they're saying is, well, she is. It does have some African ancestry. Okay, I have some kind of ancestry five generations back. I don't even know what it is. So we're really not talking about that. I mean, her father wrote about the fact that one of her ancestors by blood was also an Irishman who owned a large plantation in Jamaica and had somewhere around 200 slaves. And so if we're going to talk about identity politics and race, why can't we be honest about it? Because they want to shut it down. Well, why do they want to shut it down? They want to have these discussions. I want to participate, and I'm not allowed to talk about it. Or that's what they would have you believe. It's like Obama. His father is black. His mother is white. But you could never say he's, he's the son of an interracial marriage. Why? Isn't that a good thing? Yes, it's a good thing. But you're not allowed to talk about that. Period. Why? Because for the radical identity politics crowd, they get to choose what you can talk about. They get to choose what history is. Because they're creating narratives. So Kamala Harris, I am told by those lecturing me, is an African-American But by any common sense of what that means, no, she's not. But why does it even matter? That's been my whole point. She's clearly a black American. And so I repeat what I said. Not to be provocative, because I'm curious about it. I'm legitimately curious about it. If people are going to raise it all the time, I want to know more about it. But you're not allowed. And then they imply that you're attacking her race. Not attacking her race. How's that attacking her race? These are facts. And why would I attack her race? I attack her ideology. I attack her record. I never attack anybody's race. Why do I attack anybody's race? I don't even care about their race. Any more than they care about my race and my religion. And they don't on the left. So it's really bizarre to watch this. And no, I'm not going to shut up about it. The Democrat Party and their media surrogates don't get to tell me what I can say and can't say. I don't say anything about race that is untoward, that is racist. Nothing. Not a word. Nothing. And yet the left and the Democrat Party are diabolical. And their media mouthpieces are utterly diabolical. You know, I went into, uh, years ago, I did this Ancestry.com. I was curious. They tell me, I don't know if it's true, 
I've got a Finnish background. I've got some Ukrainian background. I thought we were, we were all Russian, but we're not. Okay, so what? I'm curious about it. No, 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 you're Russian. That's it. Why? Facts are facts. Facts are facts. It's interesting, in these same articles, the one in the New York Times, the one by this, this uh, Tucker and other ones, they don't talk about her Irish background, ancestry. Because if you follow their logic, she's as much Irish as she is African. Now, is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad thing? It's a fact. It's a fact. And so I'm not going to be silenced... I'm not saying anything that's inappropriate or provocative or anything of the sort. They said I was ranting about it. I wasn't ranting about it. I was noodling over it. I thought it was an interesting thing to noodle over. Openly. Now, speaking of Kamala Harris, she's literally brought no spike to the ticket. What do I mean? There's been no movement up for Joe Biden as a result of selecting Kamala Harris. It's not clear to me even now, why did he pick Kamala Harris? Well, some people said because he said he would pick a woman of color. But why that woman of color? What did he think he would get? What kind of bounce did he think he would get? We talked about this early on last week, as a matter of fact, when it happened. What did I tell you? She was rejected. And I was the first to explain this. She was rejected... By her own party, she was rejected by black Americans in the Democrat Party. She wasn't getting any significant support across the board. It had nothing to do with her race. It had to do with her. She doesn't, in my view, come across as a genuine person. She comes across as somebody who is climbing a ladder aggressively, no matter what it takes. She'll say what she has to say. She'll do what she has to do, which is why you'll see a lot of the press saying she's not really an ideologue. She's a moderate. Putting aside the fact that they want you to believe she's a moderate. She's not a moderate. I went through that on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. You cannot support the 10, 15, 20, 25 positions that she's voted on or spoken out about the two years or two and a half years she's been in the Senate or running for president and be called a moderate by any means when you are the most leftist candidate on a national ticket in American history. Major party ticket. Major party ticket. And then we looked at her, her term as a DA and her term as a Attorney General of the state. And what do we get out of that? Not only did she have a left-wing agenda, but when she moved from the left-wing agenda, what was it for? It was to reward her friends and punish her enemies. Political. To reward her political friends and punish her political enemies. Why? Because she wanted to run for the Senate. And now she embraces all this left-wing stuff. Why? She wanted to be president. But it's not an attractive record. And it's not resulting in any kind of bump for Joe Biden. This is a fact. 
It's not resulting in a big bump in his own party. Because she was rejected resoundingly, overwhelmingly by her own party. She was rejected in South Carolina, which has a huge black population. She was rejected by the number three in the House leadership, James Clyburn, who backed Biden in South Carolina. Because let's face it, he's a party hack more than anything else. It's just the way it is. But that's what he did. So even he wouldn't support her. Republicans had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. That's their fight within their own party. And she wasn't backed by the top African-American in the House of Representatives, the most senior, James Clyburn. She was not. She was not backed by the voters in these various states. They didn't even have a chance to vote. She was at 2 or 3%. That's it. And now we keep hearing she's historic, she's brilliant. Look what these right-wingers are doing. Right-wingers aren't doing anything. There's nothing to do. Except talk about her record. Which, in my view, from my perspective, is abysmal. It is confounding. My buddy Craig Schill even wrote this piece. It's confounding why he chose her. You know, Reagan picked... You know, you have this ridiculous piece by Rahm Emanuel. And I just have to say, Matt Drudge, boy, you, you not only have gone to the other side, you, you are you're lost, my brother. You're absolutely lost to link to him and all the other kooks. I mean, at least have some serious... Even if you're going to move to the left, at least, at least show some seriousness. He says this is like the 1980 election. As Craig Shirley writes, and that's not linked up there, of course... From Newsmax, 1980 election, George Bush came in number two. Reagan wanted to unite the party, so he picked George H.W. Bush. Because George H.W. Bush had a following. And like Shirley says, this is perplexing. Why he picked her. It is perplexing why he picked her. Maybe they'll win, maybe they won't, but it's perplexing. And I think he's quite right. This brings unity within the Democrat Party? I don't even know what that means. They say we're running on unity. Well, they have unity with the rioters. They have unity with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter caught on tape the other day. I want uh, the uh, Washington Compost to know this. Beating the living crap out of a truck driver who crashed because he was trying to avoid them and not hit them. So he gets out of the car. He's trying to say, you know, settle down. And and they just beat him to a pulp. That's your Black Lives Matter. That wasn't Antifa. That was Black Lives Matter. But people are getting sick and tired of it. Did you see the Sturgis motorcyclists? Other areas of the country, they're not putting up with it. They're simply not putting up with it. And they're not, I'm not going to put up with it. Nobody's going to put up with it where I live. Just not going to do it. And, uh, but this unity the Democrats talk about, is there any example of the unity for the country? They try and take out a sitting president. 
They call us names. They call him names. What are they talking about unity? You know, it was Barack Obama who started much of this, truthfully. And now his running mate, his vice president, wants to pick up where he left off. It was Barack Obama who truly could have been not just the first black president, but the first truly great modern president. No. Who could have brought together Democrats and Republicans, black. No, he chose to be a community activist. But in all truthfulness, the Biden, Harris, Bernie Sanders agenda makes Barack Obama look like a moderate. That's how radical this is. That's just how crazy ass this is. But they're going to unite us. Unite us around what? Their agenda? Unite us around what? Their voters who are rioting? Their friends at Antifa and Black Lives Matter? Nobody's uniting around them. Unite us around what? Redistribution of wealth? Taking away private health care from 160 million Americans? Destroying the suburbs with central government control over zoning and schools and everything else? Unite us around what exactly? Massive tax increases? Wealth taxes? I don't think so. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. We have some really great calls. I'm not kidding. We're going to take it to the bottom of the hour, so hang tight, callers and listeners. Now, this is from the Associated Press. The U.S. Postal Service is warning states coast to coast that it cannot guarantee all ballots cast by mail for the November election will arrive in time to be counted, even if mail-by-state deadlines raising the possibility that millions of voters could be disenfranchised. Now, knowing this going forward, the Democrats blame Trump. There's nobody to blame You know, the Democrats are in love with centralized big government. But when it doesn't work, they don't look in the mirror. They want more of it. More of it. And so, the Postal Service is warning, and correctly so, correctly so, about a looming disaster. So what do the blue states do? They double down. Because they want a looming disaster to become an actual disaster. And, of course, the press turns on Trump. 
Uh, what are you doing? Are you, are you trying to suppress and oppress the vote? You're trying to, what do you, sabotage the election? They just regurgitate and burp up what the Democrats are saying. Every single time, whether it's Russia collusion, whatever it is. Do you have proof? It's the Postal Service saying this. Do you have proof that Donald Trump ordered mailboxes to be removed? Yet you regurgitate that crap all Sunday long. All Sunday long. We can't trust you, you damn corrupt media frauds. We can't trust you. You're liars. You're fools. You've chosen a side. You've chosen a side. And there's very few of you who are any good. Very few. And fewer by the day. When I came across this Blaze article about the post office stuff, I sent it to a few news people that I know. I said, you really need to tell your newsroom that this is, these are the facts. Why do you keep talking about Trump having mailboxes removed? And you know the answer I got, particularly one who I thought was a friend. You know the answer I got from him, Mr. Producer? Nothing. Didn't even acknowledge it. So I washed my hands of him. I'll be right back. When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. If you haven't tried Super Beat Soft Chews, you're really missing out. Super Beat Soft Chews. They combine non-GMO beets with a powerful new ingredient, grape seed extract. Now, the grapeseed extract used in Super Beets Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective at supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. Better blood pressure means more energy, the way nature intended, without the jittery caffeine or stimulants. And now you can take just two delicious chews a day, anytime, anywhere, to get the blood pressure support you need and the energy you want. So do what I did. Support your heart health with delicious Super Beach Chews. They really taste great. You're going to want to eat more too a day, but no. you got to stick to the rules. Get your Super Beach Chews today at levinsbeats.com. That's all plural. Levins, L-E-V-I-N-S, Beats, B-E-E-T-S.com. One word. Levinsbeats.com. And when you buy two bags, they'll throw in that third one for free. Have you tried it yet? Ah, I'm thinking about it. No, no, go ahead and do it. You know what distinguishes the successful from the unsuccessful? They do things. Jump in and get it. That's levinsbeats.com, L-E-V-I-N-S-B-E-E-T-S.com, levinsbeats.com. You're going to love these Super Beats soft chews, and they're very, very healthy for you. So I strongly recommend them. And we're going to get to our callers, but look at this from the Daily Mail. Actually, the Daily Mail is a pretty damn good newspaper. Better than almost everyone in the United States. Hollywood's apocalypse now. Rich and famous are fleeing in droves. As liberal politics and coronavirus turn city of dreams into cesspit, plagued by junkies and violent criminals. San Francisco, Los Angeles... Every single 
damn major Democrat-run city is collapsing. And Biden and Harris and the media want you to vote for Democrats in the Senate. Democrats uphold Speaker Pelosi's position. Democrats, Biden and Harris in the White House. Are we truly suicidal? Are we truly a nation of political, suicidal people? I cannot believe it. Could the choice be more clear? No. And these fools in Hollywood, they will leave, they will go somewhere else, and they will vote Democrat, and they will do fundraisers, just like the fools in professional sports. Same damn thing. They're voting installs one left-wing Democrat after another. You have never seen anything like this in your life, and neither have I. What's going on in our country in the last five or six months? Trump has nothing to do with it. Trump doesn't run any of these cities. None of them. He doesn't run any of the police forces. None of them. And they're trying to distract you and me and blame him. How appalling. The party that has done this to this country and its leadership, which either celebrates it and supports it or is silent, which is the same as supporting it, needs to be sent a forceful, overwhelming, crushing response in the election. Crushing. Not eat out a victory. A massive, overwhelming victory. And in the face of this, you have these repubics like Kasich and Whitman and others who immediately abandon their president. These people have always been fools. They've used Republicans to get into office and then they use us. Romney's a perfect example. Whatever Trump supports, Romney opposes. He's a very sick man, this Romney. Very sick and confused. What's happening here, this Cloward and Pivens, is this is called disruption politics. Let me repeat that for the liberal slow listeners. It's called disruption politics. It's called normalizing Disruption and normalizing collective protest. I'm telling you, I'm reading their playbook. I've been reading their playbook, whether it's Cloward and Pivens, whether it's Alinsky. There's others that none of you have heard of before, and I'll make you familiar with them in the, in the months and years ahead, but particularly the months ahead. I know these so-called thinkers and scholars who are behind these things. And what's happening is, under our system... We have what's called freedom of mobility. Where people can get up and leave. That's the genius of federalism. But that's why they want to take over the suburbs or the non-cities. They control the cities. Now they want to control everything else. From Washington, D.C. It's nothing to do with race. They will throw up race as tear gas in the face of anybody who wants to confront them intellectually. 
They now want to take over the suburbs or the non-metropolitan city areas and do exactly the same thing to the suburbs that, that encircle a city and to the suburbs that encircle the inner suburbs. That's their plan. That was Obama's plan on the way out. It's Biden's plan now. It's Bernie Sanders' plan. So you don't have what's called mobility. That is, you can move wherever the hell you want to, but you cannot escape them. You cannot escape their edicts. You cannot, you cannot escape what they demand of you. So while I use the word depopulate, while these cities are depopulating, while these states are depopulating, the Democrats have a plan to address that. You can move to Florida, you can move to Tennessee, you can move to Texas, but we're going to reach into your communities, we're going to control your zoning, we're going to control your density, we're going to control your school systems, we're going to control your transportation hubs, we're going to control your parks, we're going to control all of it. By twisting the language of the 1968 Federal Housing Act. And if you dare to object, we're going to accuse you of being a racist. That's exactly what's going on. You look at Portland. Portland is 72% white. There's no diversity uh, issue there. I say tongue-in-cheek. Seattle's over 60% white. What's Black Lives Matter doing in Portland and Seattle? When most black lives are not in Portland or Seattle. Because Antifa was founded in the United States in Portland. And Seattle's not all that far away. It wasn't founded in New York. It wasn't founded in Philadelphia. It wasn't founded in Baltimore. It wasn't founded in sort of these old eastern cities. No, it was founded in Portland. Why? Because it's mostly white. Marxists are mostly white. Marxists are mostly college graduates who have been indoctrinated and brainwashed by tenured Marxist professors. That's why. So now people are escaping. They're escaping our cities because there's no hope. People are leaving New York and droves. People are leaving L.A. These are our two biggest cities. They're leaving Chicago, our three biggest in droves. They can't get out fast enough. Those who can get out. So we're now ceding our big cities to the Marxists and the criminals. Because politically, there's no way out. Politically, there's no answer. People, some people have been there for multiple generations. I know many people in New York. They've been there, but they don't want to leave. They have to leave. They hate to leave, but they have to leave. Same with Los Angeles. Same with California generally. They want to do to the United States what they've done to these cities and you can see it even more broadly they want to do the United States what they've done to California. And when they do it to the whole country there'll be nowhere to go unless you want to leave your country. There'll be nowhere to go. This is exactly what so many 
tremendous historical figures and even modern figures have said, if we're conquered in this country, we will be conquered from within. And I want you to think about something else I've mentioned a few times, but probably need to emphasize. While all this is going on internally in the United States, communist China is on the move. They've now conquered Hong Kong. They're looking at Taiwan. If Donald Trump is not president in the next election, they will take over the South China Sea. Five and a half trillion dollars of commerce goes for the South China Sea. They will move as fast as they can to grab as much as they can ports, airfields, third world countries. They will do everything and anything they can. And we will cease to be the number one superpower that we are. I am not kidding. As we get weaker and weaker from within, our enemies get stronger and stronger from without. When people say this is a crucial election, they don't even understand how crucial it is. It's not just the survivability of our country. That would be worse. That would be bad enough. It's our enemies are going to be on the rise. When our enemies are on the rise and we're on the decline, that creates provocation. Provocation can lead to war. I'm not kidding. I'll be right back. As we slowly adjust to a new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's Stamps.com to make things easier. I cannot recommend them strongly enough. They are just superb. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. And you'll save money with discounted rates you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com also offers UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. So whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle all of it with ease. Right now, my listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Now, you've heard me talk about this for years. It's time to jump in. Success versus no success. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in the word bunker. Stamps.com, enter bunker. Stamps.com, at the top of the homepage, type in the word bunker. All right, Sandra, Bel Air, Maryland, Sirius Satellite, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Hi, Mr. Levin, I'm very excited to talk to you. My pleasure. Um, little background, I sell on eBay, so I've been following a lot of this postal information because I remember when, in 2013, they were talking about taking a Saturday delivery away for, I believe it was first-class mail. And I don't remember anybody yelling about voter suppression. Right. In fact, you don't. Any time the post office has come under uh, scrutiny by Congress or a president, and they've cut here and cut there, you've never ever heard about um, sabotaging the mail-in voter system, have you? No. And it's. 
I mean, they're always trying. They're always un, under. I mean, they're always over budget. They're always needing money, and nothing ever gets fixed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Same old, same old. And I don't know what this twenty-five trillions, uh, a billions going for the three point. $3.5 billion apparently is a magical number that suddenly everything's going to work. Now, we know that's not true. We know a lot of this is out of the control of the post office. I said these, these voter rolls are a disaster. Yes. I would love, though, uh, President Trump to put in some kind of um, something to say this is what we should do to prevent people from having to vote by mail. Well, like, he said, show up and vote. Yeah. In he, person. How do you get bread? How do you what? How do you buy bread? In person. You go to the store and you buy your bread. Yeah. Okay. Um, You go to the voting place and you vote. Yeah. All right, Sandra. Yep, go ahead. A voter card for me in Pennsylvania, in a state that I've never lived in, in a house I've never lived in, under my maiden name, which I haven't had for 20 years. Let me tell you, you know what's amazing? Everyone has an example of this, or getting somebody else's letter. Can you imagine all of a sudden flooding 60 million of these into the system? Yeah, it's crazy. That's exactly what's intended. Thank you, Sandra. Let's go to Rich, Westchester, New York, the great WABC. Rich, how are you, sir? Great, thanks. Go right ahead, please. Rich, go right ahead, please. Speak. All right, I don't know what's going on. I got to move on. He had a good story to tell Mr. Colescreen. I don't know what happened. Uh, but we can't wait all day. Scott, Gainesville, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. How you doing, Mark? Okay. Uh, I'm twenty. I'm uh, I'm twenty five years old. Um, most of my most of my friends in my age group that I talk to about politics dislike President Trump a lot. They say that his allegations about mail in voting are just a big conspiracy theory. But um, they completely ignore uh, ballot harvesting, where they take advantage largely of the elderly, other low-information, gullible people. People need to Um, understand what ballot harvesting is. It's when people go to somebody's home to collect their ballots. They go in to collect their ballots. They'll go into a nursing home to collect ballots. They'll go wherever they are to collect ballots and say, see, these have been dated. These have been signed, but they didn't get them in. This is called harvesting after the, the vote is counted. And so you had six Republicans who won on election night in 2018, and after this harvesting, they lost. Who's ever heard of anything like this before? It's outrageous. Go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, also the fact that when you're voting by mail, you've got three or four people touching your ballot, as opposed to when you yourself are the one putting the ballot in the machine, where it's only you right. and your vote. But, but who else is there? A judge. They call him an election judge. You got both parties represented. You have clerks. You have an election judge. All that bureaucracy that is set up in that system at your precinct to make sure everything goes properly, that there's no hanky-panky. So when somebody receives a ballot and sends a ballot in, we have no idea what's going in between sending the ballot and sending the ballot back in. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and right. I mean, you, you give your ballot... To the mail guy, you, I mean, you're assuming that he's doing what he should be doing with it, and then you're giving, and then whoever else after that is touching the ballot. You have no idea all the the people that are putting their hands on it, and also, I but mean, but even before you get to that, should that person have received a ballot? Can they vote? How many ballots have they gotten? Uh, did the ballot go to the house? 
for somebody else to vote and sign? Did it go to the individual? There's nobody who can check any of this. Period. Exactly. This is worse than the Florida case with the chads. This is this is just it's 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 just appalling. And this is exactly why they put it in place in California and some of these other Democrat states. And they realize they keep winning and they win big, and then they can challenge elections and still keep winning. And that's their plan for this election. All right, Scott, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. The uh, the violence, the rioting, the beatings that you're seeing, the way this has to be put down is these people have to be put down, violently if necessary. Violently if necessary. They are following an ideology that... Uh, that insists on using violence as the first option, not as a second or third option. They are at war with the social compact and the civil society. They believe in using race, so-called class, as justifications for their violence. They, uh, they believe they are in a struggle. And so the constant talk about systemic racism, white supremacy, white privilege. They, uh, they believe that their job is to disrupt. And they have a voice in the Democrat Party now. And this is why this election is so crucial. They're trying to, believe it or not, normalize their violence, normalize their propaganda, and normalize their objectives. Now, if you choose to watch the Democrat National Convention, the virtual convention, this is what you need to understand. Watching a political party that's history is given to violence and its history is given to inhumanity with some respites over a period of uh, 200 years. But it is, it is the, the normalizing 
of violence, of Marxism, um, that is really uh, something that needs to be focused on here. It's the Democrat Party. That's why AOC has even 60 seconds tonight. That's why Bernie Sanders has eight minutes. Bernie Sanders knows what he's helped unleash here. The Democrat Party says they want to promote unity. Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you over and over again, the Democrat Party actually wants to do the opposite of what it says. That's the nature of the Democrat Party. There is a, a low-life reprobate who got elected to Congress from Massachusetts. Her name is Ayanna Presley. She was on MSNBC on Saturday. She's part of the, uh, what do they call them? I forget. Part, part of the squad. Very cool. She's part of the squad, you know. And here's what she said on MSNBC. Cut 12, go. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. So, first of all, in the old days, nobody like this would get elected. But today, many people like this are getting elected. They serve in the United States Congress. And they're promoting violence. Violence. Unrest in the streets. For as long as there's unrest in our lives, and unfortunately there's plenty to go around. Can you name one Democrat who has denounced this? Has the putative nominee for the Democrat presidential office, uh, has he repudiated this? Nothing. Kamala Harris? No, she embraces Black Lives Matter. CNN? No. D. Lemon embraced Antifa. People must understand what's going on here. To innocent Americans, people who've done nothing to anybody, you have a mob that's pulling them out of their trucks, pulling them out of their cars, attacking them and beating them. Have you heard Al Sharpton denounce this? LeBron James? Have you heard? How many sportscasters on ESPN, whatever the race, how many sportscasters have denounced this? Have you heard any? No, you haven't. Will there be one speech tonight or any night at the Democrat National Convention denouncing the violence? The Republicans who will be speaking, will they be denouncing the violence? No, they'll be denouncing the president. 
I want you to listen to her again, Representative Ayanna Presley. Part of the new group of progressives, you know. Part of the squad. Cut 12, go. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in, in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. Really? There is plenty to go around. So if people who strongly disagree with you and the mobs that you support, should they uh, bring unrest to the streets? Should they go to your house? Should they go to Pelosi's winery? Should they go there with Molotov cocktails and guns and knives and spears and bricks, frozen water bottles? Hard-boiled eggs? Is that what we should do? Because we know where you all live, too. Is that what we should do? I'm just curious. Is this a one-sided thing? That's okay? What does the media think? What do they think? They think this woman's okay? They think what she says is okay? They're not even reporting it. This was done on MSNBC. MSNBC. Does MSNBC think it's okay? I'm not talking about neo-Nazis and Klansmen, but they think that, that people who have an opposite political view, an opposite life view, that are capitalists who love the country, who love American history, who will not take a knee, should they take to the streets too? Should they be violent? Should they go up to the homes of Democrat representatives and senators? Biden's place, and I don't know. Should they drag people out of their cars with whom they disagree and beat them to a pulp? And will you call that mostly peaceful? Will the George Soros prosecutors lay off them too? And refuse to charge them too? You know, the country's coming to a boiling point. The country's coming to a boiling point. I'm not provoking anything. I'm watching this. And I'm wondering, people aren't going to put up with this forever. They're just not going to do it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not if this continues. Now it's the law of the jungle. You know what that means? That means the civil society has collapsed. And now it's... Everyone for himself. You know what happens in situations like this in other countries? You have these localized militia groups. You have drug cartels that fill in the gap. They're heavily armed. You have police forces that just collapse. You have mayors, after a while, are moved out of office by hook or by crook. Look south of the border. This is where the criminals move in, the Marxists move in, all the lawless, uncivil, violent forces in society, for whatever the reason. 
Ayanna Presley is a Marxist. I'm sick of this phrase, democratic socialist. They're not democratic socialists. She's a Marxist. Black Lives Matter is led by Marxists. Antifa is a Marxist organization. These corporations that are funding these candidates and funding these organizations, they are exactly the useful idiots the Russians used to say they are. Khrushchev said, we'll sell them the rope by which they hang themselves. That's exactly what's going on here with respect to these corporations. CNN is owned by AT&T. MSNBC is owned by Comcast. The Washington Post is owned by Amazon. And the list goes on. These multinational corporations do not appear to have any connection to American patriotism. Any. And hence their news organizations. If we had news organizations that reported on Antifa, reported on Black Lives Matter, how they're getting their funding, if we had these news organizations that were in the middle of these riots in Portland and Seattle, all these places, every day reporting on what's taking place, giving it to the American people, the Democrats would lose overwhelmingly. They'd get slaughtered at this election. The American people would insist that the National Guard be called out and put this down. And I pray and hope that this president is re-elected and that he triggers the Insurrection Act. I don't give a damn what these ex-generals have to say. They decided to leave the public policy forum. That's their damn problem. I could care less what Mad Dog says or Kelly says. These men are part of the problem. They tied the president's hands. They threw in with the left. Again, to settle scores. Generals. Generals who didn't know what to do or chose the wrong side when it came to actually functioning within our society as opposed to going combat to combat against other countries. Disasters. They don't like the president. They don't like their boss. So they throw the country under the bus, just like this guy Bolton. It's appalling. I uh, Ayanna, whatever the hell this moron's name is. One last time, cut 12, go. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American peoples in harm's So let's stop right there. You understand she's promoting violence. And she's promoting it through the vessel of the Democrat Party. You understand that, right? People are fleeing these Democrat cities. Fleeing them. And she is a primary representative now of the Democrat Party. The future of the Democrat Party. A violent party throughout its history. Whether it's slavery. Whether it's segregation. And now whether it's Marxism. Never Americanism. Always the same damn thing. And those of you who think you're moderate Democrats, you think John Kennedy would have a shot at being nominated, let alone elected by this party? None whatsoever. None. Joe Lieberman? No way. Scoop Jackson? No way. No way. Even George McGovern? 
would not be hardcore left enough for this party. I want you to understand what I'm talking about. These are Marxists, and they have a home in the modern Democrat Party. And they have said their number one target is Trump. Why? Because he stands between them and us. That's why. That's why I have no stomach for these never-Trumpers. Or no stomach for these guys that, that stand on both sides of the fence. Not now. Not with what's at stake. No damn way. I'll be right back. Mark in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, let us go to Terry, Charleston, South Carolina, the great WTMA. Go. Yes, I'm a former election commissioner of a small town outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And my question is, mm-hmm. why doesn't anybody demand that we obey our federal law requiring a purging of the rolls? Of the federal, it's a federal law We're requiring a purging of voting rolls every two years when we have congressional elections. I'll tell you why. I used to be president of a group called Landmark Legal Foundation. I'm now chairman, but I'm not involved in the operation. It's a fantastic group. And there are other groups that go into these states and demand that they follow federal law. And they refuse. And so you're involved in litigation that takes years. Years. That's why. Well, Mark, what can we do to remedy that? Don't, don't give me what can we do, Mark, like I'm uh, Solomon, the uh, King Solomon, and, uh, and everybody's, what can we do about it? I don't know what we can do about it other than make sure we vote and make sure our vote counts and make sure we turn out an overwhelming number so it doesn't matter. So they just choose not to follow the law? law- ma'am, I, ma'am, I was involved in lawsuits against these states. I'm not going to say what did you do and everybody else do. Because you just said, well, then we just, they refuse to follow the law. Our society is collapsing. I understand that. Okay, so what what I'm saying is, uh, I tell you, I think this campaign better get a lot of lawyers ready to to litigate in every one of these counties. Because that's going to take place. But I don't have simple answers to this. If there were simple answers to it, I wouldn't be behind this microphone. I'd be instituting them right now. Well, God bless you for what you do behind that microphone. Well, I'm sorry. It's just very frustrating, isn't it, Terry? It is. It's as frustrating as you know what. 
Yes, it is. We're losing our country, and people are so stupid they don't understand what's going on. Don't, don't they even – we have computer. Aren't they seeing what's going on in these cities? I, I can't believe people who don't live in these cities, south suburbs, rural areas, aren't overwhelmed. It, it ought to be 60% for Trump. 60%. If you want anarchy, murder, and mayhem, go vote for Joe Biden. Damn right. If you want, if, if you want law and order and prosperity, vote for Donald Trump, for God's sake. Here's what I honestly believe. I believe if he gets reelected, he'll have the ability to put down these riots. I really do. Because right now, they're all sitting on the edge of their chairs, ready to call him a dictator and a fascist and all the rest of it. Terry, thank you for your call. I'm frustrated too, folks. I really am. And I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. I would, uh, just a friendly suggestion. If people are going to use the research that's done by one of our, or several of our outstanding news organizations, whether it's the Blaze or other organizations, the uh, the Daily Caller, the Daily Wires. Why don't you give them credit? I mean, the Blaze piece was pe- pretty much just used word for word, Mr. Producer, on uh, on television, and uh, they never mentioned them. Of course, I mention every source that I use them. I not only mention them, I put them on my website, so you folks can uh, can share in the benefit of the knowledge of somebody who's actually done some hard work on this stuff. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the original source. This is what we teach our kids. This is what they teach you in law school. This is what they teach you as an author, why you have all these endnotes and footnotes and so forth. It's just not right. So kudos to the Blaze and other organizations. They really dug into this mailbox story and demonstrated what a fraud it is. And I spent, when did I see? It was either late last night or early this morning, sending it everywhere. The friends of mine, news, well, one, who didn't even respond, uh, sent it to uh, friends of mine in, uh, at Fox, friends of mine in talk radio, friends of mine that have other websites. I said, look, this needs to get out. And it is getting out. But you have people who are toiling 
in the shadows who are working hard, are not famous, they're not well-known, give them some credit. It's like this show. When I have subs on this show, I give them credit. Some of them have gone on to get their own radio shows or their own podcasts. I couldn't be happier. Spread the word. Spread the platform. Spread the opportunities. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I want you to listen to a brief statement by one of my heroes. Not the president, even though he is one of my heroes. Yes, he is. Considering what he's been up against, it's been really remarkable how he has handled himself. But another one is the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, yesterday. On the Israel-UAE peace deal. Cut 14, go. We're making history, and we're changing history. Peace is a good thing. And this peace unites uh, moderate, two of the most advanced economies in the world, Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and two of the most moderate. We're fighting uh, Iran and the radical uh, uh, radicals who are trying to overthrow the entire order in the Middle East, subjugate people, propagate terrorism. So this is good for peace, good for security, good for prosperity. Uh, I think it's good for the United States and good for Israel. Mm-hmm. Last night at the end of Life, Liberty, and Levin, which was a terrific show, I thought, with two great guests, um, where we went deeply into Kamala Harris's background, and into the press treatment of it all. Um, I spoke at the end of the program specifically to Joe Biden. And it got quite a reaction from many of you, but many of you probably didn't hear it either. Let me, uh, let me play this for you. It's only a couple minutes. And here's what I had to say. Cut 15, go. Welcome back, America. I, I want to close the program this way. I've watched Joe Biden's career for a long time. He's a character assassin. I saw what he did to Bob Bork. I saw what he did to Clarence Thomas. And now I see what he's trying to do to the president of the United States. So I have this message for Joe Biden. I heard and watched what you said the other day when you were standing with Kamala Harris. And you dropped the name Adolf Hitler. Your surrogates in the media do it. Your party do it. The number three Democrat in the House has done it. Nancy Pelosi has done it. It is disgusting. You're very careful about what you say to African-Americans, to Latinos. You're very careful about what you say to Muslims. But apparently, Adolf Hitler, that's okay. As a Jew, it's not okay. Do you understand he exterminated half of the Jews on the face of the planet? That he gassed them? That he burned them in ovens? That there are mass graves all over Europe, unmarked? This president... Donald Trump, this president, Donald Trump, has done more for the state of Israel than any president in American history, modern American history, certainly more than you and Obama, that voted against Israel and the UN, that withheld weapons from Israel when they were under attack by Hezbollah in the Gaza Strip, who undermined them every step of the way, and then, of course, cut a deal with Iran, which was an existential threat to the state of Israel, all of which this president had the reverse. Why don't you try getting out of your bunker nose-to-nose debating, discussing the issues, what's going on in our cities under Democrat mayors, they're a disaster. What's going on in this country with the pandemic, you have no ideas other than to blame the President of the United States. And you chose a running mate, historic or not, who has the same personality and the same mindset as you do. Thin on substance, thin on accomplishments, 
but very, very nasty in the way she talks about other people and is prepared to destroy them. No, you need to run a campaign on substance. You need to get out of your basement and act like a presidential candidate. If we can do it in our grocery stores and we can do it in our Walmarts, then you can do it as a candidate for president of the United States. Got it? And that was my closing comment. And when I do Life, Liberty, and Levin, I, I save a closing comment for the program. As I think about everything that's been said, it's not written down. I just do it at the end of the, of the program, having thought about what we had discussed during the course of the program. So it's not written down. There's no cue cards, nothing of the sort. I just do it. But I also want to emphasize the beginning of that program. When I talked about the real Kamala Harris as a United States senator. Cut 16, go. First of all, let's take a quick look at her record since she's been a United States senator. And I want you to think as I go through this list that I made today, each and every one of these items, how radical it is and how wrenching it would be to our society. She is farther left than 97% of the Democrats in the United States Senate. She is left of avowed Marxist, Democratic Socialist, Bernie Sanders. She's not moderate. She's not a pragmatist like the New York Times and the others are trying to tell you. She would decriminalize illegal immigration. Decriminalize illegal immigration. She rejects a physical wall on the southern border. She compared the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Service, the men and women in federal law enforcement who, once people come here illegally, they commit crimes and other things, they, they try and uh, get them and deport them. She compared them to the Ku Klux Klan. She believes in government-run health care for illegal aliens. Imagine what that will do to health care. She believes in the elimination of private health care. Many of you have private health care. Many of you have private health care through your employer or through your union. That means 160 million people would lose their health care. She is a co-sponsor with AOC of the Green New Deal. What is the Green New Deal? To put it simply, it started in Europe. It is a socialist attack on capitalism. It would affect everything from automobiles and homes, heating and air conditioning, the kind of paint you use, everything the federal government would regulate. Everything. In other words, it's a war on capitalism. She wants to attack energy independence after all these decades where we're finally free of foreign countries and blackmail from OPEC and all the rest of it because of American ingenuity and the hard work of the American people. She wants to eventually eliminate, in short order, coal, oil, natural gas, all fossil fuels, and eliminate fracking. She wants to repeal the president's tax cuts for the middle class. She wants to massively increase taxes on all Americans. She supports infanticide, and even more, she believes you, the American taxpayer, regardless of your religion, regardless of your moral views, that you should pay for it. Abortion on demand, abortion as late as as is demanded. She believes the federal government should have to approve any state law that seeks to uh, regulate abortion in any way before a state could actually implement it. She wants to ban what are today legal firearms by executive order in clear violation of the Second Amendment. She wants massive new regulations across the board. 
She supports Joe Biden's war on the suburbs, Obama's war on the suburbs, where the housing and urban development would basically decide all issues for the suburbs, where libraries would be, how many schools there are, whether you can have single family homes and on and on and on. She has said that she supports, if necessary, quote unquote, the packing of the United States Supreme Court. And she believes in eliminating the filibuster. Now, any one of these things would be destructive to our constitutional system, to our economic system, to your liberty and to your community. Any one of these things. Does that sound like a pragmatic moderate to you, ladies and gentlemen? That sounds like the most extremist, radical politician ever to run for high office in the United States of America. Now I'm back live. I hope you're thinking about these things. I know you are, but I hope your neighbors and your family members and your colleagues and your coworkers are. The Democrats are absolutely off the off the edge. They are uh, they're not violent like their paramilitary Antifa and Black Lives Matter. But they've just brought that, that rioting and that violence into our institutions now. Remember what I said. Remember what I said about uh, Cloward and Piven. They talk about disruption, the politics of disruption and normalizing collective protest. And what they mean by that is normalizing riots. Normalizing riots. That's exactly what's taking place. And then they talk about unity. They want to bring unity because Trump doesn't. Ladies and gentlemen, Trump is standing up against them. He's standing up against them. He's standing between us and them. When they talk about unity, you want nothing to do with their unity. Unity in what? The destruction of America? Unity in what? The brainwashing of our kindergarten students? Whether it's a sexual agenda or a racial agenda or a political agenda? Unity for what? Open borders? Unity for what? Leftist activist professors being placed on the Supreme Court, an expanded Supreme Court, which you, which you populate with leftists because you eliminate the filibuster rule? Is that what they want us to have unity with? Unity with what? Their war on the cops? Their war on the suburbs? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a party out of control. These are people out of control. Everything's up for grabs as far as they're concerned. They're not going to be bound by constitutional norms because they don't accept the fact that the Constitution even exists. They hate the people who wrote it. They hate the people who ratified it. George Washington's monument was attacked the other day in one of these cities. They've attacked Abraham Lincoln. Who the hell are these people? They think they're so moral. They think they're so right. I think they need to be in prison. That's where they need to be. And in the right time and in the right place, and God willing, that's exactly where they'll be. Not because of local mayors, not even because of governors, but because of the Insurrection Act that's been used dozens and dozens of times by presidents. It's called the Insurrection Act. In other words, There's an insurrection taking place. That act was passed during the uh, Jefferson administration. 
and it's needed now more than ever. And I don't give a damn what Madison Kelly have to say. I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Man, I had so much else I needed to get to and wanted to get to. Uh, planning loopholes to bypass coastal protection laws on site made famous by TV show Magnum P.I. This is a story about the Obamas. You know, the environmentalists? Uh, using loopholes to get around the environmental protection laws and regulations in Hawaii to protect the coastline. Um, they purchased a property for $8.7 million through a close friend in 2015. Uh, They're planning loopholes used to preserve century-old seawall on the beachfront. Experts say such seawalls contribute to beach erosion. See, they're frauds. This is who they are. Then we have a story here uh, about the Bidens, that they didn't meet the way they say they met. Uh, The claim is, it's a report, I don't know, that actually uh, they committed or she did, or they did, actually, uh, adultery. Uh, At the time, both of them were married. Touchy-feely Joe, that can't be possible, can it? Then in North Korea, Un, the disgusting puke inbred, he's put out the order that all dogs are to be turned in. They're running low on food, so all dogs will now be consumed. All dogs says only the bourgeois have dogs. Folks, stick with us, as always, but particularly now, as we go through the uh, various issues leading up to the election. I will leave no stone unturned. I will not get busy in nonsense. This is important stuff. And I spent a lot of time researching and giving credit where credit's due. And I know you have a thousand other things to do, which is why I'm blessed to have the smartest audience, Levinites of any host. God bless you and thank you. I will be here tomorrow, same time, same place, just as vigorous, just as resolute. I'll see you then. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.